You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Two. Jim parked the car in front of the townhouse Andrew had guided them to. It was yellow, had only one floor, and white shutters covering the windows. The police lines had obviously been taken down, but the house still had the look of a crime scene. The front yard had several tire tracks on the grass, and the lawn was covered in discarded coffee cups, donut wrappers, and cigarette butts. Obviously, nobody had bothered to clean it up. So tell us about these people. Andrew pointed to the house. The Sundersons. Mom Carrie, father John, daughter Lindsay, son Daryl. Moved into this house about three years ago. Lived quietly. No one on the street had a bad word to say about him. Daryl was in the local Little League. Lindsay was a Girl Scout. Carrie ran a book club. John played tennis. Pretty much a family so cliche suburban American that it hurts. And what happened? Neighbor noticed that their dog was barking incessantly. It was a small Pekingese mutt and apparently barks often, so it took a while for them to get annoyed enough to go over and check. Found them pretty much all over the house. What did he use to... We were thinking an axe and a butcher knife. Mercedes made a small gagging sound in her throat. Jim, you don't take me when you go to look at spirits in an old mansion... You don't take me when you have an appointment with a rich old lady who wants contact with her dead grandkid. But you take me to museums that get blown up and to a murder with axes and knives? Yeah, aren't you the lucky one? I take you because I thought you might be able to help out. And because you're part of the team. Okay, that works. Jim turned to Andrew again. So, the neighbor called it in. Do you have photos from this one? Just the ones in the folder I showed you. Let's go on inside. Andrew got out of the car and Jim and Mercedes followed him. Jim took his sunglasses off and stuck them in his pocket. He looked at the house as he walked towards it. It looked normal enough, but there was a darkness that normal people wouldn't notice. A spiritual void around the building, almost as if the walls had black goo dripping from them. It was like a memory of evil. Andrew went to the front door and bent over the lock. Jim was busy with the house, but Mercedes looked closely at him. He wasn't making the movements you would be doing if you unlocked a door with a key. It looked more like he was. The door opened, and Andrew gestured. Please, come on in. Jim and Mercedes followed him into a living room. The kitchen and living room opened into each other, separated by a counter. On the floor next to the counter was an outline on the floor, and judging from the size, it had to be one of the kids. Blood splatters had soaked into the carpet and were now covered with plastic. So, the daughter? Jim asked. Yes. The boy vanished, like in the other murders. Is it always a boy that vanishes? No, there have been girls too, 
It seems pretty random. So not a traditional pedophile, that's for sure. Probably more about the trophy itself than about the sex of the child. Can I look around and see for myself? Sure. Andrew sat down on the couch in the corner. Jim pulled out his cigarettes, but then stopped. Probably not a good idea to leave ashes on a crime scene, even if it was a cold one. He knelt down, letting his hand slowly move over the carpet. Lindsay Sunderson, he whispered, trying to call forth the spirit of the girl from wherever she was. Lindsay Sunderson, answer my call and come to me. He waited, feeling for her. Normally, in his own city, he could have summoned one of the more powerful spirits and had him help find the girl or his parents. Now, in a different place, he had to rely on the oldest and most classic way of summoning, calling the spirit by name. It didn't always work since it was impossible for him to know if the spirit was still tied to the earthly world or had moved on to whatever lay beyond death something he was beginning to believe he might never find out firsthand. Murder victims tended to stay behind at least for a while, but he was wondering if this had been too long ago. Andrew looked at Jim with interest in his eyes. Mercedes, who had seen Jim do this many times before, kept her eye on him instead. The reaction from someone not used to supernatural events was always different, and sometimes very powerful but Andrew seemed to take it in stride. He just looked slightly puzzled, as if wondering what Jim was seeing. Ignore City, the audio fiction rock musical, is now part of the Fantasy Network. In this post-apocalyptic future where technology is outlawed, Devin Rimpa, a scrappy bike messenger, befriends a sentient robot head named Saner0805. She embarks on a grand adventure through Ignore City to save civilization before government agents catch up with her. It's Futurama meets the Terminator, but with singing. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and podcast platforms everywhere. Jim felt the odd sensation of a wind against his face without the air moving, before seeing shapeless motions of the spirit fog gathering in a corner. A moment later... A girl was sitting in the corner, her legs up to her chest, her pajamas splattered with blood. Normally spirits wore the clothes they lived in, and Lindsay apparently wore what she died in. Hello, honey, he said, looking at the girl. Lindsay, can you hear me? She nodded slowly, her eyes looking first at him, then Mercedes, and finally Andrew. She didn't know any of them and that made her feel unsafe. It's all right. I'm a detective. That man is from the police. We're trying to find out what happened to you and your mom and dad. The girl's eyes grew big and a darker shade of gray. If she had been able to, tears would have rolled down her face. I know someone came to kill you. A bad man, right? Slowly, she shook her head. It wasn't? Was it someone you knew? Someone you thought was a nice person? She shook her head again. Jim bit his lip. This was the most frustrating part of the job. Children's spirits were always the easiest to summon since they were so strong. Unfortunately, 
a spirit had to learn to talk to be able to be heard, even by him. And children tended to have a hard time doing that. Try to talk to me, Lindsay. Try imagining hearing the words come out of your mouth. Can you do that? She closed her eyes and seemed to concentrate. A whisper reached his ears, faint like a breath of wind. Hurt. Yes, I know it hurt, honey. But you don't feel any pain anymore, do you? She shook her head. Pretty soon, someone nice is going to come and talk to you and lead you someplace. When that happens, go with that person, okay? Is your mom and dad still here? Lindsay nodded, looked around the room and shook her head. Finally, she shrugged. She can't see her parents, but can feel them, Jim thought. Hopefully they could go on together. He had never found out what sort of selection process that made some spirits pass on to whatever lay beyond and some remain behind. How about your brother? Do you see him anywhere around? Or feel him? She shook her head. Jim knew that meant he was either not dead yet, or that his spirit had gone to whatever lay beyond the spirit world already. Can you tell me anything about the man who came here and hurt you, Lindsay? Anything will help. Lindsay tried speaking again, but this time no words came out. She took hold of her hair, touching it, then let her hands slide over her shoulders. Long hair? She nodded. Blonde or dark? He hesitated. Brown? She shook her head. Blonde? She nodded. Jim flipped out his notebook and wrote, Blonde, long hair. Tall? Like me? Or like him? Jim pointed to Andrew, who was looking at him with increasing interest from his seat on the couch. Lindsay pointed to Andrew. So, not so tall. Okay. And did he have anything you remember that made him look special? A scar, a birthmark or something? She shook her head. Understandable, Jim thought. She probably hadn't seen him for long and had been too scared to think clearly. Lindsay pointed to her face and pulled her hands over her face in a mime as if she was washing it or rubbing lotion into it. She let one finger trace her cheek as if it was soft. He had nice skin? She nodded, smiling. Impressive observation, Jim thought. Of course, she was a little girl, and it was the sort of thing kids noticed. They hugged their parents all the time. Was he old? She shook her head. Was he very young? She nodded and shook her head at the same time. Then she cupped her hands on her chest. It looked like she was holding an invisible bust. What are you... Jim began. But then he understood. She was showing that the killer had breasts. It wasn't a bad man, was it, Lindsay? It was a bad woman. Lindsay pointed to him as if he had just won the prize on a game show.